me and my friends would kind of like gather in this one part of the hallway before our fifth hour class. And it was just so out of nowhere, I just fell to the ground. Our principal came on like the PA and was like, we're in a lockdown, this is not a drill or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's what's happening. Like I was just shot. Hello, and welcome to 20-Minute Health Talk. I'm Sandra Lindsay. Two years ago, a horrific shooting at Oxford High School in Michigan claimed the lives of four students. Today, one of the survivors, Kylie Osage, is still recovering from the physical and emotional trauma left by the bullet that shattered her clavicle and nearly left her paralyzed. I still don't have 100% feeling in my legs. They're still like pretty numb, but you know, I can walk now and stuff, but it took a long time and you know, it's still healing to this day, so. On today's episode, you'll hear from Kylie, now 19, and her mother, Marita, as well as the surgeon who recently performed an operation at Lenox Hill Hospital to stabilize her spine and give her a better chance at recovery. But her journey to this point has been a long, winding road, and it started on November 30, 2021. I believe it was a Tuesday and just carried on my day normally and ate lunch with my friends as I did every day. And it was just so normal. And then I I remember hearing like a balloon popping or so I thought it was at the time. It was during passing time. So there was a lot of kids in the hallway. And then in like a matter of seconds, it was like empty. And then three people stayed in the hallway. Before she knew what was happening around her, the force of the bullet caused Kylie to fall to the ground. A fellow student had opened fire in the school hallway. That became more clear when she saw two classmates also on the floor, severely injured and bleeding. Kylie tried her best to help, despite still being in danger herself. So Hannah was like right next to me and... I kept reaching over and I was in a way like almost like petting her head and just kind of like trying to comfort her. And I kept telling her, I'm like, just keep breathing. Like like help is going to come. Like, don't worry. Like, just stay here. Like, keep breathing. And, you know, I, it's like, I wonder every day if, you know, Hannah knows that I said those things to her. And it's like, I wonder if, if she did hear those things, if it comforted her in any way. And I really hope it did. Um, just because it's like, you know, I was the last person to be there with her before she'd passed away. And, um, you know, it's obviously sad to me that I couldn't do anything to help her more. Um, and I wish I could. While she was able to think clearly and reach out with her arms, just moments earlier, she realized she couldn't feel or move her legs. I remember I was like hitting my legs a lot with my hands because I couldn't feel my legs. And I kind of almost tried to do like a push up in a way, like with my arms to almost like drag my body to like a safe place. But I was just in so much pain because, you know, like I didn't know at the time, but like my clavicle was shattered. 
my spine was messed up. So I was kind of just like forced to lay there until help came to get me. Um, and it felt like the longest 15 minutes of my life. Kylie was initially paralyzed by the bullet, which entered through her collarbone and went out her back. She underwent emergency surgery at a local hospital that same day. Entering the hospital, all I'm seeing from my vision is like the ceiling with the bright lights and like a ton of just random people in blue scrubs and white coats just like on the sides of me. And they're saying my vitals. And even though that, that could be scary to some people, I think it was a huge relief to me um, just knowing that people were there to help me. That was the first moment I kind of got to like relax was when I got to the hospital just because I knew I was safe. Kylie's mother, Marita, found out about the shooting from a co-worker and immediately rushed to the hospital. And the ER doctor came and said uh, that Kylie had been shot in the chest and um, they were just working to get her stable. They had to put a chest tube in her because they were worried about her, her lungs collapsing. Um, and he started crying and he said, he held my hand and he said, I have children too. And so tragic, tragic time for me to walk in and to see her, but at the same time a relief because she was there. She knew me. She was telling me things that had happened. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I think she's going to be okay. I was, you know, hoping that she can be okay. At the hospital, the full extent of the damage was realized. The bullet not only shattered her clavicle, but also damaged portions of her spine and some of the joints between the cervical and the thoracic spine as it exited through her back. When it did that, it destabilized, you know, basically her neck. That's Dr. John Caridi, a spine surgeon at Lenox Hill Hospital who would eventually treat Kylie in 2023. Showing us scans of Kylie's spine taken right after the injury, he said the November 2021 surgery saved her life. The bullet fractured her clavicle here and then went through the the facet joints and destroyed some of the, the lamina. The lamina is a protective piece of bone in the back part of the spine, where many muscles responsible for posture connect to the spine. Without the lamina, they have nowhere to connect, leading to stability issues. And then she had a blood clot because the bullet caused a lot of bleeding. They removed the bone back here and evacuated the blood clot. That's why she was able to regain her function walking. Her recovery has been absolutely remarkable. Removing the clot eased the pressure on the spine. Kylie spent the next two months at that hospital, longer than anyone injured in the shooting. An intense course of physical and occupational therapy helped her to walk again. But she was left with chronic, sometimes debilitating back pain. That, Dr. Caridi told us, is because her spine was still unstable. There's a lot of things that go into creating stability in our spine. Um, It's the interaction of the muscles, the joints, the ligaments, tendons, and all of these other things. 
So if you have some kind of disruption, you lose the ability of your spine to keep you in a normal posture. So your spine then becomes subject to gravity pulling you down. So over time, gravity just pulled the weight of her head down. And as it pulled her head down, you know, her, her spine developed what we call kyphosis. Kyphosis is an abnormal rounding of the upper back. For Kylie, the bullet's impact, and to a lesser extent, the surgery to remove her lamina weakened her spine. Her kyphosis was so severe that she had trouble keeping her head upright. Her muscles basically were working overtime to keep her head up and keep her gaze forward. Sometimes referred to as swan neck due to the exaggerated forward curve. Dr. Caridi said Kylie's condition would have progressed into what he called a chin-on-chest deformity. Which is exactly what it sounds like. Literally, her chin would have been resting on her chest and she wouldn't be able to pick her head up. What that does is it also puts a lot of pressure on the spinal cord because it's essentially draping across the vertebrae. And so she could have developed, you know, worsening weakness in her legs and trouble walking again and things like that. So she would have had not only this postural problem, but also um, neurologic issues as well. Having worked so hard and so long to regain the function she had, Kylie could only push forward. So when her surgeons in Michigan told her she would need another surgery to stabilize her spine, she agreed. I knew for this surgery that I wanted to go to the best of the best just to make sure I, you know, the surgery was done correctly and that it would be hopefully the last surgery I needed for this problem. A family friend connected Kylie with the team at Lenox Hill Hospital, a premier destination for neurological and spinal care. After reviewing Kylie's case, the chair of the department, Dr. David Langer, referred her to Dr. Caridi, who specializes in spine surgery, spinal tumors, and spinal deformities. From there, we kind of just scheduled a surgery and you know, it just kind of like took off from there. I think they, you know, Dr. Langer and Dr. Caridi really understood the importance of the surgery to me and my family. So I think they really helped to make us a priority in a sense and to make sure that we, you know, got this done when we wanted to, the way we wanted to. Before pursuing the second surgery, Kylie wanted to focus on college, friends, and attempt to get back to a semblance of normal life. In 2022, she entered her freshman year at Michigan State University, where she's studying kinesiology, taking inspiration from her countless caretakers throughout this journey. Sadly, just one semester into her college experience, tragedy struck again with another school shooting, this time at Michigan State. She was not injured in the deadly attack. Since, she has become active, using her voice and sharing her story in hopes of effecting change. I joined a club um, which is a chapter of March for Our Lives, which is a gun violence prevention organization. Um, so we, we've been doing a lot of work there. So it's educational and it's also in a way like it's 
it's um, like a therapy for a lot of people just because, you know, since Michigan State had a shooting um, this year technically, but last semester, um, I think it's a good like place for people to come together and kind of grieve together in a way. And it's a good place for people to support one another. But, you know, obviously our main goal is just to make change and make us make the world a safer place for a lot of people. In addition to educating people about gun violence and firearm safety, she shares her story for those who are no longer here and whose voices cannot be heard. Internally, I have to do something because they, they can't do anything. So, you know, I need to do something for them, you know. It's definitely something that I struggle with a little bit every day, just knowing like that little bit of survivor's guilt. You know, because it's like, why, why was it them and not me? You know, that's a big question I have a lot. After finishing her second semester, Kylie and her family traveled to New York City for her second surgery, this time with Dr. Karidi. How's it going? Good, how are you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Your neck um, feels okay? Yeah, neck feels good. The act of correcting that kyphosis is uh, risky to the spinal cord. You know, if you stretch the spinal cord, you know, you could potentially damage it because it's a redo. You know, it's, you know, she'd had surgery in the past. That makes it a little bit more challenging. In a five-hour operation on July 17th, a team of surgeons led by Dr. Karidi fused Kylie's spine from her C7 vertebrae found at the base of the neck to our T6 vertebrae in the upper back. We have seven independently moving bones in our neck, 12 in our thoracic spine, and then five in the lumbar spine. So the idea of a spinal fusion is to turn two or more of those bones into one solid piece of bone. He explained that they cut away sections of the bone, which become stiff, when in the deformed posture Kylie's spine had taken on. That, he said, loosens them up again. We put the screws in and then those screws are fixed with rods so that they can't move anymore. And then what we do is we use bone graft materials. That What that does is that actually forms the bone that heals together so, that's, so it ends up being a solid piece instead of you know, these independently moving pieces. The result for Kylie, Dr. Karidi said, is a much straighter spine, which he expects will continue to improve. The portions of her spine up above this will gradually, you know, return to their normal spot. The other thing is now the, the muscles have something to attach to. So, um, you know, before there was no bone back here. Now they can attach to the rods and, you know, hold her head up even better. Over time, he added, this will also ease Kylie's chronic pain. Yeah, but then, I feel good, though. Yeah, you're still doing PT? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then you feel like you're getting your range of motion in your neck? Yeah, for the most the part. This isn't bad. This isn't bad. Okay, how about right and left? This is good. I can do that one easily. All right. Cool. So. And your, your legs are still working fine? Yep. Okay, so still working <laughs> good. I walked here in heels, if that makes it better. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> impressive. All right. Now that I'm stable, they have a lot of hope like I do, you know? It's like they hope that my pain will start to diminish soon. They hope that I can get back to those things. Um, 
but you know, it's like, I, I have all these hopes, but I have to remember that I'm still healing in a sense. Four months after her successful surgery and nearly two full years after the Oxford High School shooting, Kylie returned to Lenox Hill Hospital with her family to once again share her story in the hopes that it can help others. This part of Kylie's story, her mother said, feels a little closer to complete. We've, we've always had this like weight on our shoulders because we knew the surgery was coming and we really didn't know what to expect from the surgery. But after uh, July 17th, it's like a, a fresh start. Um, and she's much better than we had thought, but just getting her back to her life, little improvements, her interests, things that she says that she wants to do, it's, it's uplifting. So we're happy. Looking ahead, Kylie hopes to get back to her favorite pastimes, which include tennis, basketball, and most of all, horseback riding. It's just a huge part of my life, you know, whether I'm riding or not, you know, it's therapy. Kylie picked up on her mother's love for horses and equestrian life at a very young age. So I currently own um, a quarter horse gelding named Blaze, um, who's, I think he's, what, 13 years old now. You know, even though I can't ride him, it's still fun to, you know, go hang out with him and stuff. Asked if she thinks that she'll be able to ride again, Kylie didn't hesitate. Oh yeah, it's not even a question. I'm going to make it happen, <laughs> no matter what. So, And that's the magical thing about like horses. It's, uh, he provides hope. We have hope. So she has a hope. She has goals. So and that's what they say. Heaven, heaven on earth. Horses are heaven on earth. So that's her hope. Dr. Caridi says Kylie is doing great after surgery and expects her quality of life to continue to improve from here. On a personal note, he said, it's gratifying to be able to help someone impacted by gun violence. I trained at the University of Maryland. We saw a lot of patients with gunshot wounds. It's you know, heart-wrenching to see like a young person whose life has ended or ruined completely. Too often, he recalled, there was little they could do to help. To be able to help her and see, you know, she's such a motivational person you know she's like achieved so much already and she's only 19 years old the fact that she's an advocate and she's so eloquent and kind of a role model for everybody it means a lot to be able to help her get to where she's going and you know at least try and get some semblance of normalcy I want to thank Kylie and her mother, Marita, for sharing their story with us. I couldn't agree more with what Dr. Caridi said. Kylie is an inspiration and shows such courage and poise in the face of this tragic event, which nearly took her life. We at Northwell Health support Kylie, not only from a medical perspective, but in her quest to create change and raise public awareness around gun violence prevention and safety. I was glad to see that when Kylie returned to Lenox Hill Hospital to mark two years since the Oxford High School shooting, that she was joined by the director of Northwell's Center for Gun Violence Prevention, 
Dr. Chetan Sathya. As he said that day, Kylie's story and the shootings at both Oxford High School and Michigan State highlight a tragic trend. Guns are now the number one killer of children in America. He added that we need to recognize the long-lasting effects gun violence has on its victims, their families, community, and society as a whole to better implement change. To learn more about Northwell's efforts, as well as March for Lives, the gun violence prevention organization Kylie is a part of, follow the links in the show notes. That does it for this episode of 20-Minute Health Talk. I'm Sandra Lindsay. Until next time, stay safe and be well.